This is episode 91, Stop Sabotaging Your Relationship with Samantha. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am just beaming with love because I'm recording this a few days after getting home facilitating the Love Practice Makes the Master Retreat with my good friend and soul brother, Aubrey Marcus. I've done a lot of co-ed workshops before, but this was the first co-ed retreat that I've led, three days, and wow! Was it powerful having men and women together to talk about self-love, romantic love, and love of tribe was deeply healing and inspiring for everyone there, including me. I'm deeply moved when I see super masculine men do this kind of work and be really willing to be vulnerable. And of course, I'm always inspired by my fellow sisters as well as they tap more into their femininity and authentic power. One of my biggest personal takeaways was seeing the tribe and community come together. There were singles and couples and people of all different ages, backgrounds and professions, but by the end, they were all one. They were one tribe. They championed each other and held space for each other like a true tribe. And from my point of view, we need more of that. We need to feel like we belong to a tribe, a soul family, a community. I think one of the reasons we struggle in romantic relationship is because we place too much expectation on our partner to fulfill all of our needs. Instead of having a community, having a tribe that we can go to, to get fulfilled in different ways. And this is also why so many of us suffer when we're not in relationships. We feel really isolated. We're waiting for that soulmate, partner, one person to come in and make us feel like we belong, make us feel like we're chosen, make us feel like we're connected to something. But if we have a tribe, if we have a community, if we have a soul family, then we have that. And romantic relationships and partnerships become a beautiful extension of our life rather than needing to fill any void. So find your tribe and love them hard. Another big topic that we focused on in the retreat is our relationship with ourselves and how that affects all aspects of our life. And often when we lack self-love and acceptance, we doubt our own lovability and I saw this with a few people at the retreat. They, they said they wanted love, specifically they wanted partnership. But there were specific moments in the retreat where we were loving on them. Like a lot of love was coming their way and they were like, no, no, take the attention off of me. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I've said this a lot on the show when what we want is actually coming at us. When it's right there in front of our face, we often freak out and get scared and push it away because we doubt our own lovability. And when we doubt our own lovability, that makes us do some really sabotaging things when it comes to relationships, which brings me to my coaching session today with Samantha. She's in a new relationship that is very loving, but notices herself having a lot of anxiety about it, which is causing her to push him away. And ultimately she fears she's going to sabotage the relationship. This is an important session to listen to, no matter if you're in a relationship or not, because we touch on some of the big fears that come up when it comes to love. Like I said, we all want to love and be seen, but when it comes right down to actually getting it and letting it in, it can feel incredibly overwhelming and we can push it away. 
We do this from little things like deflecting compliments to big things like testing people that are close to us by seeing how many buttons we can push in them until they run. We have a story about love, like love leaves, or I lose love, or people that love me hurt me. And then as much as we don't want to relive that story, our attempts to protect ourselves from it end up recreating it. This will make a lot more sense after you listen to the call. For now, consider, do you want love, especially in the form of a romantic relationship? But it also scares the living daylights out of you. Are you in a romantic relationship now and engaging in some sabotaging patterns? Have you talked and talked and talked about your past and your story and all the things that have happened to you so much, but things really aren't shifting. And a lot of the anxiety that you thought you'd be over by now when it comes to relationship is still there. And finally, are you willing to get out of your comfort zone so you can actually break some patterns, even if it feels totally scary and weird at first? Before I play the call, I will say it takes a bit of time to get into the coaching of this call because Samantha has to talk out a lot of her anxiety. And ultimately I take on a more tough love coach approach in this call because I was committed to helping her shift out of her patterns. I'll explain more in my breakdown after the call. And if you haven't already listened to my coach's corner on tough love and how that's led to some of my most profound shifts, check that out. I put that on the Saturday, May 27th, and the link will also be in the show notes. Oh, and one more thing before I go on to the coaching session, since I was just talking about facilitating the retreat with Aubrey Marcus. He also is the CEO and founder of Onnit.com, a human optimization company. We had our last day of the retreat there. It was so cool to be in the Onnit playground. There's a gym and a cafe and a boxing ring. It's just super, super cool place. And I love Onnit products. I love their protein powder, their recovery powder, Alpha Brain, New Mood. Their digestive enzymes, I think, are the best. I, I love all their stuff. And I'm like, still reeling from getting my on it supply when I was there. And you get, as a listener to the show, a 10% discount to all on it products. Just go to onit.com slash Christine Hassler, O-N-N-I-T.com slash Christine Hassler. And the link for that will be in the show notes. All right. And now we are on to my coaching session with Samantha. Samantha, welcome to the show. What's your question? So my question is, I am in a semi-new romantic relationship about four months, and I find myself in a place where my, you know, I've dealt with anxiety pretty much my entire life, but really like dealing with it head on, like um, the last four years of my life, I'm only going to be 28 next month. But in this relationship, it's the first time that I've ever felt completely okay being open and vulnerable and just being myself for the first time in my life. And it's, it's amazing to have this, a partner who is supportive of me, but also is my best friend and um, someone, you know, that I love spending time with. And, you know, I have two young kids who's great with them, but I find myself in a place where my fear and my anxiety gets in my way. It's like, Mm -hmm. I almost self sabotage this, the relationship and the love that I'm receiving, this genuine love, because I don't feel like I deserve it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've spent the last probably year accepting that my anxiety and my fear is something that's part of me and that it's okay, but I don't want it to hold me back from something like this. Well, first of all, your anxiety and fear is not part of you. 
that's <laughs> that's that's something you're experiencing, but please don't define yourself mm-hmm. as having anxiety and fear as a part of you, right? You can accept that you're it's something that you're working with and you can move into acceptance and not judge yourself for experiencing it. Right. And I think over the last year I've gotten to that place that where I'm accepting that it's like you said, it's something I experience and it's something that, you know, based on my past and my story, like it's not something that could have really been avoided. But it, like you said, it's not all of me. It's a small part of me. I'm just experiencing right. it. Right. Well, it's it's still not part of you. And I really want to make that clear to you and encourage you to stop okay. identifying it that way. <laughs> okay. Because it's a feeling created by thoughts and past behavior that you experience, but it's not part of you. Who you are is is love and joy and health and peace and presence and all of that. So it's not it's not part of you. Because as long as you continue to believe that, A, there's there's mm-hmm. a bit of the judgment, and B, there's kind of a bit of a resignation of, well, this is just my lot in life. And mm-hmm. you could totally be free of it if you want to. So Let's talk a little bit about how the anxiety and fear comes up. Like give me specific things that happen or that you think or that you're afraid of and how specifically you self-sabotage in the relationship. I guess to give you like my backstory, like I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life, Mm -hmm. a loss of loved ones and a lot of like codependent relationships. So when I catch myself repeating habits that I had, like in my my marriage with my ex-husband or, um, you know, I have a really codependent issues with my my brother who's a drug addict. Like when I find myself, when something is not perfect, my version of perfect, I kind of close off. I take my emotions out of it, but really I'm just putting up this guard because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to feel my feel. I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to feel my feelings. So I put up this wall and I shut down and I'll just, you know, I'll be like, well, I don't, you know, we'll be having a normal discussion about life, you know, cause we're, we're, it's still a new relationship and we, you know, we communicate very well, but we're still getting to know each other and learning each other's story. And like, for example, like he reminds me, he does something that reminds me of my ex-husband. I, you know, why, why are you doing that? Like it's, you know, I'm like immediately want to know why and the reasoning and he's, you know, it's not anything wrong. But I'm just, you know, I'm very judgmental and I can get really mean when I'm triggered. In an effort to protect yourself. <laughs> yeah. So right. <laughs> the, the intention underneath it is to protect yourself, right? It's not to be mean. It's not to sabotage the relationship. But that that will end up happening. You know, there's only so much a person right. can take. Right. And that's my fear. <laughs> right. Well, and I think let's call it a concern. And and I think it's a reasonable mm-hmm. concern, and I acknowledge you for having that mm-hmm. concern because if you've got this amazing man who makes you feel safe and you're open and vulnerable with him, you know, there's only so much he's going to be able to handle before he gets sick and tired of you projecting your past stuff onto him. So the only way to stop doing this is to actually go back and deal with your past mm-hmm. because you just kind of keep living it out in the in, in the current relationship. So you know, you said you have two young kids. You probably haven't had a lot a lot of time to really process everything that's happened in your life. So have, have you dealt with the anger? Have you dealt with the grief? Have you dealt with, you know, the emotions of, of, of rage and sadness and all of those things that are underneath this fear that are creating the self-sabotaging behavior? In some ways I have. You know, I've dealt with the things, the rage and the anger I felt for things that happened in my childhood and my divorce or 
was only a year ago. So I'm still like healing and dealing with those things. You know, so that's also another concern of mine is like, is this the right time for me to be in this kind of relationship? But I also feel like if I didn't have him to be vulnerable with and to be open with and to to feel safe, I think I would have been stuck. Yeah. You know, and there's been times where I, you know, I've told him, I said, I still have a lot of work to do on myself and I don't know, I don't want to hurt you in the process, you know, and he's very supportive of my, my emotional growth and my personal growth and my spiritual growth and something I've never had before. And so it's, you know, and that's my concern is, okay, you know, I'm going to do all this work, but is he going to be there at the end of it? And well, you have a lot of concerns about things that aren't happening. Right. <laughs> so worry is the imagination used poorly. And you're spending more time and energy on your concerns and on your fears and on your sabotaging right. behavior versus actually going right. and dealing with the issues. So scheduling this podcast interview is a great is a great start in terms of really kind of dealing with it. In the moment or right in the moment, obviously, like when I'm doing these self-sabotaging behaviors, I don't realize I'm doing them until after. In the moment, they seem rational. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they seem irrational. I'm like, yes, you know, bad things have happened. People have left you. You know, you've been hurt. You've dealt with a lot of things that most people have never, you know, will never deal with. But this isn't right now. And I know those things, but it's like I can't. It's like a loop. Like it just plays, you know, playing, you know, you say in your book, like, playing old tapes. Mm-hmm. I, I do it. And I, and I'm like, I felt like I was in a place where I made so much progress and then being in this, you know, relationship that, you know, I hope to be a, a lifelong relationship. I'm like, holy cow, there's still so much to do. And I don't, I know that even if this relationship has, you know, an expiration date, that these are things I'm going to carry over into any relationship. Yes. So, you know, I've, been in therapy for like the last like you know three years dealing with emotional trauma from my childhood and you know afterwards with my divorce because it was very sudden and a lot of you know eliminating toxic relationships so I've done all these things to like to get to a healthy place but you know I I'm realizing now that there's still so much work to do and it's not a bad thing it's just where where do I even start now when I felt like I've made so much progress and now I'm like stuck again well it doesn't sound like you're stuck Samantha it sounds like you're at the next level. And part of this, because there's a, there's definitely an identification with your story. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I always say that my, I'm not my story, but I, I do identify with it a lot. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times that's very common. It's another coping strategy is kind of identifying it and really living in the, a more of a victim mindset toward it. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of the mm-hmm. only way that we can we can process it. And so mm-hmm. part of, I think, the, the healing and part of the opportunity in this experience for you is to really know and, and understand that it's over. Right. And yes, continuing to, to process it and deal with it is going to be important. And, and you're not stuck because you're getting to the next level, but you've attracted in on some level, you know, you were a vibrational match for someone who's healthy and emotionally and av- available, which means mm-hmm. on some level, you're ready for this and you want right. this. And so I think you have to stop questioning it 
because you drew it in. And the other thing is he has free will. If he doesn't right. want to be there, if you're not ready or whatever, he can opt out. But you investing any energy in maybe this he shouldn't be in this is you trying to decide for him, which is another cop-out instead of you really being there. Right. Right. And he says that to me sometimes. If you, I'm choosing to be here. You can't tell me what I'm going to do. This is where I want to be. And I'm like, but why? You know, it goes back to my like common core belief of I'm not good enough. And so I'm just looking at him like, what do you, I, okay. Like, well, I think you're crazy, but sure. You know? And, yeah. And Samantha. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving the people from your past way too much power in your life. You're letting a couple people who probably were hurt people themselves dictate your worth. And you are going to have to decide how much longer you want to give those people power over you. So much so that you could lose a potentially really healthy, awesome relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come down to really forgiving and letting go and taking your power back. Because as of now, you're still victimizing yourself by believing that you have fear, you have anxiety, all this stuff happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it happened. You're dealing with it in therapy. You've made progress with it. But there comes a point where we have to start letting the new stuff in and the new beliefs in. And that's where I see you can strengthen things a little bit. And, and since you are working mm-hmm. with a therapist, let me kind of like take on more a role of a coach here and really coach you into changing some current behavior so that you can start to break some patterns. Okay. okay. So for example, like give me an example of a time where it starts to feel like too much, like his love starts to feel too much. Is it when he's being affectionate? Is he? Is it when he's complimenting yeah. you? Okay. So affectionate, that's one but example. Like affection and I'm like, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So what happens to you? I almost like get bothered by it. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh, stop. It's like almost like a – and I'll like get up and move. Like I'll like literally like get up. Like if we're cuddling on the couch or something and I'll like – it's like too much and I'll just like – I just need a second. Okay. And I'll get up and I'll walk away and I come back. And then what happens when you come back? You know, we talk about it. Like what – why I got up or I, you know, explain to him. Like I just – for like five – like I just need to be left alone for like two minutes. And you know, he's respectful of that, but also, you know, wants to take care of himself. And he's like, you know, I, I love you. I want to show you that. And this is one way I show that, but, you know, with what you're comfortable with. Okay. So this is what I want you to try because our first thought and our first reaction isn't always our best thought or our best reaction. It's a triggered reaction. And it's great that you're catching yourself and you're coming back, but two things. One, try to come back and not have to talk about it. Come back and just go right back into the affection mm-hmm. as much as it feels uncomfortable because your other coping strategy is to sit and talk about it. You're very comfortable talking about your issues. You're not as comfortable mm-hmm. in the behavior that will actually shift them. Right. And that's a part of personal development is we're kind of in the awareness phase for a long time and you've been in that phase for a long time. And the only way to get to the next phase 
which is the integration phase, is to change behavior. So two things, either when the infection comes in and you start to cringe or pull away, you take a deep breath and you stay. Mm -hmm. And you can even speak it. You can even say, this is uncomfortable, but I love you and I'm I'm staying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you do jet, if you do bolt off, then try to come back sooner uh-huh. And just sit and go in back into the affection without talking about it. Okay. So that's one example. And this is going to feel – Here's the, people are always asking me how to change, but they want to make it comfortable. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> Well, I know that change doesn't come out of comfortable. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. So it's not going to feel natural at first. It's not going to feel natural. It's not going to feel comfortable, but that's the only way to break the behavior patterns because you have a comfort zone with running and then you also have a comfort zone with psychoanalyzing it and talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's for that one, the affection one. What's another example where you tend to pull away or sabotage? I think when I'm like really overwhelmed with my feelings and overwhelmed with fear, I, I say I need like alone time and I like, and this is like something I've done since I was a kid. I like, I will like literally shut myself in my bedroom in my bed and just like zone out and I'm not available to anyone. So in those moments where you're scared, what does he do that triggers that? And what exactly are you scared of? I can't like off the top of my head, think of a specific example. I think like if there's other things like external things going on, if work is really stressful, if my kids are, you know, if something happens with my ex-husband and, you know, it, it triggers like feeling like I'm going to lose my kids. Right. And it's a totally irrational fear. And I know that, but anytime there's an issue with that and he tries to offer support or advice, I get really angry and, you know, you don't understand what I'm feeling. You don't, you don't get it. And when he senses that I'm, you know, triggered and he wants to come in and help, you know, lessen the the reaction. I'm just like, no, I got this all on my own. I don't need you. Okay. So a couple things for that. Number one, if you're going to take a timeout, you can call it a timeout, timeout, at least be productive and responsible in your timeout. So going into your room and zoning out isn't productive or responsible. If you're going to go in there, do release writing, process your emotions and mm-hmm. and, and tell okay. them like, I'm taking a timeout. I'll be back. I'm going to go process my feelings. So that's number one. Number two, create an agreement with him that says, you know, honey, like I need to vent for five minutes and please don't fix or give me advice. I just need you to like be there for me and I would like a hug at the end of it. Right. So don't – it's like you're setting him up to fail and that's part of the sabotage. And this is where the little – the hurt little girl is having – is trying to have a grown-up relationship. You're letting your hurt little girl run the show here. And you've got to bring your grown-ass woman to this relationship <laughs> so you don't lose right. it. Right. And it's funny because there's so many aspects of my life where, like, I am a grown-ass woman. But then the this, like, I've never in my entire life had a relationship where, you know, I've had somebody that is emotionally supportive and, you know, wants to be there and chooses to be there without some kind of 
you know, I'm really good at codependent relationships, right? So it's like, I always felt like I had to like give something to get something. And I, you know, this is a new experience for me. And Samantha, so, Samantha, I say yeah. this with so much love to you. <laughs> Your problems are not special or unique. No, I know that. Well, I yeah. don't, but I know you know it intellectually, but some part mm-hmm. of you is still identifying with this is who I am and it's really bad and I've never had this. There's a lot of people that have never had a person that was emotionally available that are learning it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Anything that involves the heart and love is scary. You know, I just finished Mm -hmm. working on a relationship show for TV and everybody on the show, the closer they got to what they want, even though they said they wanted to get married on the show, everyone, the closer they got, all their fear came up. Right. So I say this to you in that I, I, you're not alone. You're not alone. And you can do this. But you're coming up with more reasons for why you can't mm-hmm. than, than you are with coming up with the reasons and the desires for why you want to. Mm-hmm. And until you kind of shift into the reasons and desires for where you want to, and it's going to feel scary. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who wants love has to risk getting their heart hurt. Not broken because I don't believe our hearts can break, but Mm -hmm. it's the only way, it's the only way to get the love we want is to go all in and to not let fear stop us. And so Mm -hmm. I have so much compassion for your journey. You know, you didn't share too much of the specifics, but I can feel into that it was really hard and that you have these patterns. But I also really hear that you don't want this to be your life. No. And so you're going to have to start really being mindful and committed to shifting behavior and leaning in to what you want with more intention and more focus and even speaking your truth more of, I'm really scared right now, but I'm not going to walk away. I'm really scared, but I'm going to give you a hug. I really don't want you to come and kiss me right now, but will you please do that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like whatever the conditioned response is, you got to do the opposite. And I wouldn't be giving you this encouragement if you hadn't told me that you've been in therapy and you've processed a lot of that. That's important. And you have the tools like release writing and you're working on that. And you know, you and you alone are the only one that can heal your relationship with the little Samantha inside of you. But I want to give you some like tangible behavioral shifts that will stop reinforcing the pattern of the codependence. I got to protect myself, all those kinds of things. Because until you start to prove to yourself that you can lean into love and you don't need to protect yourself, you won't do it. It's like we, we wait for, we wait for this huge shift to happen inside of us. And the shift comes from different behavior. Okay. The shift comes from doing it and realizing that we survived. Yeah, I think that would be huge for me because, like you said, I do understand, you know, I understand, I guess to share my, my backstory, my, so my father was, was murdered when I was four Mm. and my, my mom was not emotionally available to take care of me and my brother. And and so our family went through, you know, our family went through a lot and there's a lot of trauma, you know, not just that started with that, but you know, the years following And so I really, you know, 
learn how to take care of myself, but in taking care of myself, I was putting my guard up. And so, you know, I, I didn't know what happened to my dad until I was 22 years old. And so, you know, this, this healing, this all started, you know, six years ago. And so, you know, dealing with this grief and then understanding it's, you know, now it's really putting, like you said, the thing that's been missing is putting it into action and Mm -hmm. um, really going after the life that I deserve and I've deserved my entire life, but it's up to me now. And um, yeah. (laughs) Well, let's, let's take a spiritual angle on this for a second. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered that your father is an angel in your life and has brought you this man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's been so many times where, you know, there was a time where, you know, I was very, I mean, in the middle of like anxiety attack, it was so bad. And my dad will move things in the house. And there was a one, there was a specific toy that was like sitting out. And I looked at it and I'm like, what, why is that sitting there? You know, it was like, he does it all the time. But it's in those like really those moments where I feel completely out of control. And, you know, my biggest fear, you know, all those things come up he makes it really known that this is the moment I'm supposed to be in and this is the person I'm supposed to be with. So that's really comforting. Yeah. And this is beautiful. And, you know, this is probably why I was guided to coach you so emphatically towards really leaning into this because, Mm -hmm. yes, you had a very difficult start, but that doesn't have to Mm -hmm. dictate the rest of your life. And we never know how the puzzle pieces are coming together. And the fact that you have this incredible connection to your dad as a guide, the fact that this man has been brought into your life, I think it's about time to really count and experience your blessings and let Mm -hmm. the love in. Yeah. It's long overdue. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that little girl inside who never had it, you know, she's probably looking up at you and going, gee, Samantha, like – we finally have it now. Will you please <laughs> let me enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, totally. So do it for her. And it's so funny because when I'm when I'm with him, I feel like a little like a little girl. You know, I feel like I did before my dad died. You know, just carefree and happy and funny and goofy and all of these things that are the best parts of me when I'm with him. And I've never had that before, even in my my past relationship where I thought I did, but not even close. So. It really is a blessing and and to be in this place, even though it's scary. <laughs> so don't kill it. Don't I'll sabotage it. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I know. Well, there's I either pick up a glass or I don't. <laughs> I can't try. Yeah. Right. So this is where you've really got to call yourself forward, you know, with your prayer, with your spiritual practice, asking your mm-hmm. dad, like whatever you need to do and 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 shift that behavior. You know, it's like for me when I was like getting over my depression, it's, it's, I had to just do the opposite of what I would normally do. I'd want to sit and watch TV. I'd go call a friend. I'd go for a jog. You know, I, I was just like the opposite. So yeah, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Samantha, for your honesty and your willingness to be coached. I could really hear how committed you are to letting the love in. So Samantha was very clear about what her concerns and fears were and could speak about them with a lot of awareness and at great length. But as we've talked about a lot on this show, awareness alone does not create change. 
Samantha shared that she's been in therapy and has been processing her past for a while now. And since she was asking how to get out of the anxiety she was feeling in her relationship and ultimately let the love in and stop pushing it away, I felt the best approach was to give her some very practical behavioral shifts. Yes, she had a difficult past, and so many of you have. But if we identify too much with our past and hold on too tightly to it as part of our identity, that can create some hiccups. So first of all, if we think our past and all the things that are happened to us are part of who we are, like our fear and our trauma are part of who we are, then we will never truly feel free from it. And we will consistently recreate experiences that link us to it. So eventually we have to get to the past is the past. It happened, but it doesn't have to be who I am. Yes, it shaped me. Yes, those experiences have given me lessons and insight that have helped me become more aware of who I am, but my wounds are not who I am. Second, and this is a tricky one. This is a super tricky one. Often, if we feel like we have some kind of really difficult experience in our past, some really sad story, some challenging physical ailment, we hold on to it because having it gets us pity, attention, and love and compassion from others. So sometimes on an unconscious level, we hang on to it because we think, oh, but this is how people will love me, or this is how I will get people's compassion, or this is how I'll feel connected to people. You really want to be aware of that because then you just kind of hang on to physical ailments or your old story because you think that's the way you get love. I know I got a little tough with Samantha and told her her problems are not unique and special, but it was important to point out that because I didn't want her to carry them around as a way to get love. I really want to support her in getting love because she's so deserving of love, just like we all are. And she can get compassion and attention without having a challenging past to hang on to. Next, when we hold on or identify with our story too much, it gets us in a trap of consistently attempting to heal the past rather than make the behavioral changes and choices that create what we want in the present and future. We use it as a reason or a scapegoat for why we can't have or don't have what we truly want, and we often excuse our bad behavior with it. You know, like with Samantha, those times when she pushes her boyfriend away when he's trying to give her affection, you know, she excuses it because, like, she has old trauma, old trigger, the divorce, the parents, whatever. And again, total compassion for that. But at the same time, we have to be willing to stretch and to not let our past prevent us from having what we truly want. Now, I'm not saying bypass over the processing of the feelings from the past, but eventually, eventually, people, you've got to drop the story. And believe me, you and Samantha have my compassion. We go through some tough stuff as humans. And because of it, we feel like we need to protect ourselves. But sometimes how we protect ourselves is just perpetuating the pattern. So one more thing about talking about your issues in traditional talk therapy. Now, I'm a fan of therapy. I'm a fan of processing. It's so important, definitely. But sometimes you've got to get out of your head. This was another thing that was so powerful about the love retreat. We did a lot of talking, but we also did tons of experiential stuff. We did breath work. We did tantra. We did ecstatic dance. We did meditation. And some of people's biggest ahas were in those moments. We're in not talking about it, not trying to figure it out, but getting into the body. 
So for those of you that may be a little stuck in traditional therapy or processing or even coaching, find some way to get into your body, to get out of your head. All of those things I listed are great ways. Breath work, ecstatic dance, yoga, but I think sometimes people are still in their head in yoga. So you got to be in a, like a Kundalini or super intense yoga practice and with a really great teacher that will help get you out of your head. But honestly, breathwork, dance, those are just wonderful tools. Use them. Got to break out of your comfort zone too of talking about your issues and engage in the behaviors that support you. I know they may feel uncomfortable. So if you identify with Samantha, maybe you're someone that has a hard time receiving affection. If affection's coming at you, instead of like cringing or moving away or say, no, I have a headache or I don't want to, or oh, give me space, lean in, lean in. I know it might feel awkward at first, but if you lean into that hug, If you lean into that back scratch, if you lean into that touch, it's going to feel better. It's going to feel much better than you running away from it. So I know it feels a little uncomfortable in the moment, but keep leaning in. People consistently ask me how to change, but want to make it comfortable, easy, and feel natural. They want to feel ready. If you really want change, there's going to be so many times when you're not going to want to do what it takes to create the change. Do it anyway. Lean in more. You've got to prove to yourself that you can lean into love more by taking different action consistently. Some takeaways for you. First, look at your old story about love. Write it out. Like, what did you believe about love? What are you still carrying around from your past that you keep playing out in your present? And write the new one that you want to live. Make a list of the things you think are protecting you. Like you think you're protecting yourself when you run away from love, or you think you're protecting yourself when you deflect attention or affection. Is that really true? Maybe it's some time to bust some lies. Next, pattern breaks, behavioral shifts. That big rant I just did before the takeaways. Lean in, get a little uncomfortable if you want change to happen. And if you are in a romantic relationship and working through busting some of these patterns, maybe have a code word with your partner. So if one of your patterns that you're trying to break is to stop being so judgmental, like if you're judgmental and nitpicky, it's one of the things that us women can slip into a little bit. So if you notice yourself doing that, and it's mainly because you're incredibly judgmental and nitpicky with yourself, have a code word with your honey, with your partner. Let's say it's cinnamon. And every time you get nitpicky, your partner can just say to you, cinnamon, (laughs) and give them permission to say it. And that's feedback for you of, oh, I'm in my pattern. Let me break the pattern and say either I'm sorry or give them a compliment or laugh about it. All right, two more quick things before I sign off. First, Inner Circle Enrollment is always open. You can join at any time. That is my membership community. Each month we focus on equality. This month we're focusing on sexuality and sexiness. That's a juicy one. And you get coaching sessions with me. You get access to a tribe. Speaking of tribe, it's a great place to really connect with the tribe meditations, daily, evening, and morning practices, just so much, so much content, but it's all very doable. And the second thing is don't miss this week's Coach's Corner. As promised, I've got a series of thought leaders coming up for you. And this coming week is Danielle Laporte. And I talked to her about her new book, White Hot Truth. And oh, 
is this an amazing interview? And if you missed last week's Coach's Corner, I interviewed my friend Amanda Steinberg, who wrote the book Worth It, that is all about really embracing your relationship with money, upping your financial IQ, getting super, super clear about how to be financially healthy, and how your self-worth ties to your net worth. And the book really teaches you how to improve both, and that's what we talk about in the podcast. So be sure to check this out. And please, 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 if you found this episode helpful, Share it. The way the podcast grows is you sharing it with the people that you love, the people that are close to you, your social media tribe, and tag me because I like saying hi to you when I see you share about it. All right, everybody, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.